We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The MPW Digital Podcast Network proudly presents McCrady and Siski, powered by Rain Total Body Fuel. Join longtime SEC beat writer Neil McCrady and former South Alabama assistant, Alabama staffer, and Ole Miss recruiting coordinator Tyler Siski for an hour of football and fun. Listen and enjoy as they talk ball, the national landscape, and much, much more. Now, here's your host in the Clark Ford Studios, Neil McCrady. Welcome into another edition of McCready and Siski, powered by Rain Total Body Fuel. I'm Neil McCready. That is Tyler Siski. It's episode 69 of the show. I've Just, heard. It's nice. It's nice. Yeah, there you go. It'll be a fun episode. Where did the 69 and nice thing, what's the what's the corollary? <laughs> Dude, I will not be going down that road Where, today. Was that like Just a, in case my mom's listening. My dad's chuckling right now. My mom's I'm, throwing shit. I just the, didn't know where it started. The, I don't is know. that the office? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Do you know I've never watched the episode of The Office? Not one episode. What? what? I mean, I haven't, I'm not opposed to it. I just You've never watched no. The Office? Whereas my, I guess my middle son, Brock, he's watched it. Like, he's purchased it on Apple. Oh, yeah. He watches it. Like, that's what he does for TV. Instead of watching normal shows, he watches The Office back. But I bet he's watched it 15 times. I would probably say that I have seen every episode of The Office a minimum of 10 times, and in some cases, 20, 25. Yeah. I mean, I just, I don't, I'm not opposed to it. Like, I've watched the episode. I mean, it's funny. I like it. I just haven't yeah. sat down okay. and watched it. I'm, I'm right. not like, oh, I'm not watching The Office. I just haven't. Snide says, Neil keeps, Neil thinks he's fat, so he keeps running. Not sure he's mentally healthy, but I wish I could. Oh, I'm not mentally healthy. I'll, I'll, I'll <laughs> fill you in on that now. Um, I have a theory that once you've been fat, you always see yourself as fat. What I see in the mirror and what other people describe are not the same thing. Isn't that called body dysmorphia? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's one of a myriad look that, of... Look at that education coming it's, out. It's one of a myriad of mental welcome, illnesses Mom. that I have. It's my mom's hard, hard-earned money coming to, coming to pass. <laughs> um... No, we got the Masters on today. I've been, I have been, it's been, we've been crazy, crazy busy at the office. My man, uh, Clay Karcher, is about ready to pull his hair out. We had, uh, I guess, we're going to announce it, I guess, officially on uh, next week. But 
got Maryland set up today and got them on the system today. And he's got another one we're doing. Not, I guess we'll wait probably two weeks to announce them. We've got ACC school coming on board. He's on board. And so he's just like, he's. It's, how, how many Big Ten schools do you have now? Oh, my Lord. I had to go through and count them. Uh, four or five. I'd have to go back and count. I know Indiana, Michigan State, Maryland, off the top of my head. I get confused. Iowa State's not there in the it's Big, Big 12. 12. You don't have my Hawkeyes yet, right? No. Got to get that to happen. Man, they got to spend some money in the recruiting budget. We'll talk about that in a minute, too. Um, we don't have to recruit at Iowa. No. People recruit us at Iowa. Yeah. Yep. So, you know, it's been it's been good, man. We've been we've been busy. Had a bunch of demos this week and got a bunch already set up for next week. And it's just that time of the year. So it's a shit show for me at work right now. All right, we're going to get some stuff here in a second. First, I want to tell you we're brought to you by Rain Total Body Fuel, 300 milligrams of natural caffeine, BCAAs, electrolytes, zero sugar. It's got what you need to push the limits and achieve your goals. Check them out on Instagram at Rain Body Fuel to learn more. I am rolling with my Inferno again today because it's my off day because, I, <laughs> one, my body's hurting, but, two, um, I've worked, I guess I've gone four or five days hard in a row now. So um, it helps me. It does. I will. I don't know. I will still lose weight when I do the Inferno. Regular rain, eh, it, it's about half of what I swear to you. It's like I need to be studied. If I drink an Inferno, I almost lose, like, I'm in that mode where I lose like a half a pound a day kind of deal, right? Uh-huh. But if I, every time I go Inferno, it's every time it's a pound. You're losing four pounds a week? Uh, yeah, just okay. about. All right. Dude, I'm, I'm as light. Today, this morning, I got on the scale. I haven't been this light in three years. Really? Yeah. Good for you. Yeah. I've dropped I've dropped some LBs now. I'm down, uh, what am I down, 18 and a half? That's good. Since uh, whenever I started March. Yeah, I was going to say, February, it's, been, it's been. End of February. Two months. Yeah. Month and a half. Yeah. So Good yeah. for you. I'm down. And no, uh, Snide, I didn't take it as an insult. I, I, I understood what you were saying. I, I, I. I I'm just saying I I have I'm I'm extremely weird about it so it I I know that I I can't I'd stop being weird if I knew how to stop being weird. People, hey, say, people say just stop it will fit were only that easy. My man Dave at Mock Ten Sports who works with us he says we have five so we have five Big Ten schools. Five Big Ten schools. I couldn't name we'll go. <laughs> that's that's good. Uh, all right. Um, I'm gonna let you do this because you gonna I, let me start this. I, I, I know All that right. uh, this is this is we're gonna get this is where we're gonna get you fired up out the gate today. They said I couldn't get you fired up today. All I, right, so I, I don't think this is gonna fire me up. I, I I have I have thoughts on it. I'm. It's an interesting topic because it's something that I've talked about with people in the last few days. It's it's becoming a hotter topic uh, recently, I guess, because there's nothing else to talk about. So maybe Tiger will go hot and it'll it'll dry up, but. As we talked about a couple of weeks ago, you and I are going to run for political office in 2024 and the Common Sense Party. We're going to be the Common Sense Party's uh, McCready and Siski for 2024, the Common Sense Party nominee. Um, and this is, I almost, I came this close because this, this past weekend we had an uh, instance. But the Kansas, this was this morning, I'm up reading the, reading the news and doing my thing in the mornings and the the Kansas House of Representatives and Senate overturned the governor's veto of a transgender sports bill. Uh, so the governor there they wanted to pass to where transgender uh, 
I guess it's transgender women, biological born males participating in female sports. All right, let me, let me, I'll, I'll for the people, I'll, I'll read the first few paragraphs of an Associated Press story. Uh, Dateline Topeka, Kansas. Kansas is banning, let me get my readers. Let's go. Kansas is banning transgender athletes from girls and women's sports from kindergarten through college, the first of several possible new laws restricting the rights of transgender people pushed through by Republican legislators legislators over the wishes of the Democratic governor. The legislature on Wednesday overrode Governor Laura Kelly's third veto in three years of a bill to ban transgender athletes and uh, it came a day after state lawmakers passed a broad bathroom bill. Nineteen other states have imposed restrictions on transgender athletes, most recently Wyoming. The Kansas law takes effect July 1st, is among several hundred proposals that Republican lawmakers across the U.S. have pursued this year to push back on LGBTQ rights. Uh, Kansas lawmakers who back the ban are also pursuing proposals to end gender-affirming care for minors. You want to get me fired up? Start there. And um, <laughs> hold on. I had an ad pop up. And restrict restroom use. The measure approved by Kansas lawmakers Tuesday would prevent transgender people from using public restrooms, locker rooms, and other facilities associated with their gender identities and bars them from changing their name or gender on their driver's license. Kelly is expected to veto that. Um. All right. So here's a comment. This, this started with I want to get a little more, a little more. Uh, Alex Poland, an eighth grade cross country runner who hopes to play baseball next year. Wait, hold on. Said legislatures are pursuing bills against children who haven't done anything to harm anyone. Alex, who lobbied for trans rights with his mother at the state house last week says it's good for trans kids' mental health to play on teams associated with their gender identities and that most other kids just don't care. That's not true. It's largely adults who care so much about what trans kids are doing, Alex said. Go ahead. All right. So here, here's let's just go common sense party right here. Um, one, I've, as I've said a thousand times, politics don't belong in sports. All right, that's one. But two... We're trying to make this very political, right? This is this. It's common sense, okay? So why are we having this? Is this is going to be my my common sense party year twenty twenty four? This is my stance on this. Okay. This is all you have to know if you have any kind of common sense. Why aren't people suing and bringing up bills to allow biological born females that are now transgender into male? Right. Why aren't they doing that so they can play in male sports? Because it's not fair. Like, it's well, not. Because they can't compete. They can't compete, right? Nobody's saying you can't play sports. Nobody's saying that. Right. And so we've had this thing with the Leah Thomas, the swimmer. Yeah, well, I think it was at Penn. Correct me on that. He was at Penn. All right. And so. And then he. Identified as identified a female. Identified as a female and began the, the hormonal process right of change and shattered every single record swimming record ever but still had all of uh all of his male anatomy his yeah. genitalia intact at the time that he was winning all of the female awards right so you had that that that's terrible defeating and and, and in this case this is what i would push back against the young eighth grader here who 
your mother should be embarrassed that she's making she's doing this to you um the young women who lost to Leah Thomas okay yeah were world class athletes that have trained all who their have life spent, who have spent um you know, I was talk- Riley Gaines came on MPW Digital, right. and we were talking about how much sacrifice Riley made. It's insane to be a swimmer at the high school level, to become a nationally nationally competitive. Think of the sacrifice that her family made for her to go to meets all over the country. Then she goes to the University of Kentucky, and as you know, when you're an athlete, you don't have the same experience that. A, a, a normal student has at the University of Kentucky. She's in the in the she's up and in, in the pool at six a.m. and she swims for two hours, and then she um, goes to class and does the academic portion of her day. And then at the end of classes, she has weights and a workout, and then she's back in the pool for two more hours. Well, that's a lot of swimming. And then there's the you know, and and we joke about this with swimmers. Uh, if you ever want to burn calories, go swim. Yeah. Um, you know, and so she's having to she's having to concentrate on her on her nutrition, obviously, in a way yeah. that most people don't, even a way that frankly football players don't. Right. Um it's it's very complex. And so her her life leading up to that event was essentially consumed by swimming. Now she loved it and she was great at it, but to to then compete against a biological male who's six foot four, uh, Riley's about five ten, five nine, six foot four. He's men are biologically stronger uh, than 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 women. If if a man achieves his um, physical peak and a woman achieves her physical peak, the man's going to be stronger. Correct. Not better, not not superior, yeah. just physically stronger. We're we're different, and so for her to literally tie, uh, tie him in the pool to the hundredth of a second and lose the award and the trophy and f the trophy, but the the stuff, yeah, um, to a biological male that that that's that's um, it's just wrong. Snide said something here that's that you were. Getting at is this is where you know we're talking about the mental health of these people, right? You can't sacrifice the mental. You don't affect the mental health. It's affecting the people who's trained all their life that should be competing and can't compete in their in their correct place. They're supposed to be complete co- competing. That's why in golf we have the Champions Tour, we have minor league baseball, we have major league baseball. You have levels of your competition based on your. You have the Olympics. I mean, you you have all these things that designate level of competition. And what got me started on this was uh, this past weekend, Brianna Gill won the Australian Women's Open and is competing in the with the females, even though she, she was born a man. And that's just, I mean, golf, okay, strength, <laughs> driving, I mean, driving distance, things like that. I mean, it's there's a reason in golf you have you have men's tees and and ladies tees is to make you know where it's when the distance on the driver, right? Right. And so you have all those things. And uh, and then I literally, as I'm sitting here, and you, if you don't think uh, your phone's listening to you, as I'm literally sitting here, I was talking about that uh, this morning. I looked on, on my social media, and I get a video 
of, and it's not UFC, it's another MMA class, MMA, is there's a, uh, in one of the organizations, lower organizations, there is an MMA, uh, I guess you call it promotion, that's allowing a biologically born male fight with the women in an MMA and has, like, knocked two girls out cold. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, at what point do we stop? I mean, it's like, it's well, just I, common I, sense, I, I, will answer, I will answer your question. At what point? It will only happen when enough women push back. It will only it will only change when enough women push back. And we are in a society right now in our country where speaking up puts you at risk. Yeah. Um, if you are in the corporate world and you speak up. The odds are overwhelming that if you don't lose your job, you will begin to realize that your job is no longer super secure. Yeah. If you're in academia, unless you are tenured, you're out. Your contract won't be renewed. Correct. So we live in a cancel culture. Um, I started to write about this a little bit last week in 10 Thoughts, and to be honest, I thought, why am I doing this? I'm, I'm, I'm putting myself in jeopardy. Um, we've, we, we, we've, we've changed, though, culturally. And this has happened in just a very short period of time where live and let live is not good enough anymore. You now must endorse. You now must... Um, Choose sides. No, no, no. You must... No, there are no sides. There's one side. Oh. You must show that you are, you must display your support. I get what you're saying. But while you're, while you're answering that, the, the one thing that, <clears throat> last thing I want to say about it is exactly what you're saying is for hundreds of years, literally for 100 years, we've been fighting for women's rights for 100 years. I mean, the right to vote. You know, the right to free, you know, to equal pay. We've had I mean, sure. every, we've been sure. fighting for women's rights for a hundred years. Sure. And doesn't it feel like, I mean, I, and there's not enough people speaking up, I guess, like you're saying, it's not going to stop until females speak up. Right. That's it. But. And, and Riley, stuff, Riley said that in, in her interview with me and she's exactly right. But at the, at the end of the day, the only people that are going to change this, because the people who are paying the price are are women girls that's who's paying the price when the when the boy identifies as a girl and jumps in the pool and t wins all the awards boys don't get harmed no the girls get harmed when the boy who identifies as a girl dresses in the girls locker room in swimming we're using swimming here because it came up right, right? well I don't, I don't know if you've ever paid attention to it, but the swim suits that a swimmer wears, okay, for a female, they're like if you hold them up without being, they're about the size of this piece of paper, okay? Yeah. So you've got to squeeze into it. You, I mean, not to be graphic or silly or anything, but I mean, it, it, there's some maneuvering that goes on. Riley said it takes 15 minutes to get the suit on. It's a suit that's you know. You, Right, you know it's a you, 
it's a special suit. Well, you don't wear anything underneath it. Right. So you're in a locker room, and for a period of time, you're naked. And and I don't think one of the things that you sign up for in that case is, hey, there's going to be a person in here with male genitalia watching me dress. Right. I mean, if, if, if I told my daughters who were that age, college age, if I told them, hey, a, a man is going to watch you dress, they don't care whether that man, what his sexuality is. They'd be freaked out. They'd say, oh, God, absolutely not. No, correct. Right? No, so you're correct. So where's the, at some point, at some point for all of this, it, it's up to legislatures going, nope, we're not going to do this. We're, we're willing to fight over this. It's it's It needs to become... I, I'm surprised that this is it, not a bigger deal. I'm surprised it's not a bigger. Oh, I know it's a. I think more, it's a big deal. But I'm surprised I'm more people aren't. This isn't like the hill that they plant their flag and go. That's it. I'm not. I'm not doing this. But it's we we've gotten to a place. This is where cancel culture works. Because I'm. I mean, I can hear the voice in the back of my head going, "Shut up, shut up, move on, talk about Georgia. Let's talk about the SEC East." <laughs> And then on the other side, it's the part of me that goes, no, this is the stuff that really matters, right? This is what really matters because this, this is a slippery slope. What stops? This is, this is where if I'm a female, I'm, I'm, I'm more worked up over this. What stops? We just got through watching a women's basketball tournament that stole the show from the men for the first time in as long as I can remember. Yeah. What stops a group of young men from saying, hey, let's just identify as women and go play basketball. We'll win the whole damn thing. Nothing right now. I mean, if all you have to do is I identify as a woman. Okay, well then, okay. Because in the corporate world, right? In the corporate world right now, if someone says, hey, you know what? I've decided that I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a man, but I'm going to identify as a woman, and I'm going to change my pronouns to she, her, and they report that to HR. By God, that's how you'll, you, you do. You, you must... So what happens to them going, you know what, I'm, I I do, and I'll take some hormones, or maybe, or maybe not, and, and, and who knows who's taking what. It, and, but I'm gonna I'm gonna play I'm gonna play women's basketball. I'm not I'm not good enough I'm not good enough to get off the end of the bench on a men's team, but I'll dominate a women's game. I'm and, six four. I, I I I'm 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 strong. I'm I'm you know, I'm a six four guard. It makes me a a, a, a nothing. In the men's game, right? In the women's game, I'll be the tallest player on the floor at times. And that's the thing. It's, and I'm not debating. I mean, whatever you decide to do, I may not agree with it, but I'm not going – it doesn't affect my life. But what what I don't like to see is exactly – we're talking about mental health. Now, wait, I, that's where I start pumping the brakes. Now, wait a minute, because you got these people trained all their lives. This is what they're doing, um, and they're competing, doing what they're supposed to do, and all of a sudden you get somebody with unfair advantage – that and this, the, the MMA one's the what the one that kind of set me over the top. The, you know this biologically born man that now identifies as a woman who is fighting in MMA has crushed, like literally broken the skull of the last two opponents of the female opponents, and one of them is still in the hospital. I knew I knew that somebody had said. So something. why is MMA allowing? And it's not it UFC. It's some particular. Why other, are they allowing it to happen? I don't know. That's that's the whole point, right? This is, is this, it and just so makes this is, no common sense party. So this is where it is. At some point, you just—it's a very simple ruling. This isn't about this isn't about saying that someone can't transition. Okay, that, that's that's a you thing, especially once you become an adult. If that's what you feel compelled to whatever. do, whatever. 
Again, I'm live and let live. Yeah. Do what you want to do. Yeah. Same common now, sense part. Now, not, Whatever you feel like you need not to little, do, do not it. Not little kids. Right. We can have that conversation another day. Yeah. That'll but, be that'll be another that'll be on our next ticket item. But if you're born male, you can only compete in men's sports. If you're born female, you can only compete in women's sports. And yeah. then you just let it be. What you identify yourself as, what you how you carry yourself, what you wear, whatever, that's it's fine. Do what you want to do. Yeah. No. But this whole thing about well, you must accept. No, I, everyone doesn't. Everyone doesn't have to accept. They don't. No, that's not the way it works. Nothing. This it's part of the whole entitlement thing. Well, I, I want to be referred to as I want, but. So what? I, I mean, I wanted to play center field for the Cubs. It didn't. It, it didn't happen. I wasn't entitled. And I could identify as a center fielder all I wanted. I could identify as a major league center fielder. That doesn't make me one. It, it is literally the same damn thing. Yeah. Again, does it? All right. I'm. I'm going to be done with this. But where what I does, got triggered. So, so doors. No door. This is. This is the. This is the argument. And 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 I think this is fascinating. He says, devil's advocate would ask, what does born male mean? It means you were born with male genitalia. When you're born, when you do an ultrasound, right? I've been to, I've been to three. And one of the, at, the, at every ultrasound, it's like one of those magical parenting moments, right? The first thing they do is they find the heart rate. They find the heart, and you get to hear the heartbeat. And that's exciting, right? You've been there. Been I there have all- three times. That's awesome. I'm by, I'm at least three time world champ. Heart. They start counting organs. They can see the little organs and stuff. It's amazing. And then they start counting fingers and toes and all that. And at some point, they say to you, "Do you want to know what sex it is?" Did you find out? Yeah, all of them. All time. It, it was just too much. We we same here. Laura and I. There was no way we could. There's an. Could it, you see? I could not see you <laughs> at one of those gender reveal parties. No. That would be great. Let's seeing you and Laura in the back with a little <laughs> little popper. I I I, but I remember that. I remember with with the girls, and then with Carson. And I've told this story before. the The ultrasound lady uh, was very nice, and she looked at me and she said, "Do y'all want to know what it is?" And I said, "I know what it is." Oh, and she said, "What is it?" I said, "It's a girl. I make girls." <laughs> And she laughed, and we went on and on and on, and counting fingers, and again, we're listening to the heartbeat and all that stuff. And right, you know, is that one of those moments where I didn't realize in my life how much I wanted a boy? I was perfectly thrilled with the idea of a third girl. I I wanted as many kids as we could have. I wanted a big family. Hey, when you not to cut you off, but how freaking um, how much does your life change as a human being? The the first one. When you first hear it, when like you know, you think it's all shit, all fun and shits and giggles until you hear that heartbeat for the first time, and like people say, oh, when birth, no, when you when you hear that heartbeat for the first time, your life's like, whoo, yep. it changes, total change. And so she looked up at me. I remember she looked up at me. She goes, "You sure?" This five minutes after I'd said my thing about I make girls. You sure? And man, my heart just skipped a beat. You know what I mean? I was like, oh my god, yeah. And I mean, it wasn't. It was just excitement. And, yeah. and But anyway, the, the, the difference is when our girls were born, they had a certain type of genitalia. And when Carson was born, he had a different, neither, it's not right or wrong, 
better or worse. Biology. It's just biology. And it is what it is. Yeah. And this is not. We we've made this something. We've made this something in, in our society that is just not necessary. Yeah. And this MMA thing just for me took it over the top. It's one thing when you're breaking swimming records and you're throwing eagles in, but when you're physically harming and crushing skulls, it's a whole, in my opinion, of course. which buy you a cup of coffee the next time you stop by Quick U Studios. It just takes it to a whole different planet. For me. And then that's just it. it Anyway, all right, let's move on before we get canceled. You want, you want, you hey, want. by the way, did I tell you this episode brought to you by the Biden administration? There you go. I don't even. It just, I don't know. There go ahead. It, it's a. <clears throat> all right, let's move on. Let's yep. get the hell out of here. All right, all right. All right. Go ahead. So I actually saw this yesterday, and then I saw I, I was on your board, and I saw this somebody talking about it too. It was rec- recruiting budgets. Uh, CBS uh, released a. Uh, like an average since 2017, an average what's being spent on recruiting um, and by each conference and then what was spent last year. And I think this this article comes out damn near this time of year every year. Um, and I, you hear about, oh, Georgia spent this much in recruiting, Alabama spent this much. Well, we don't spend this much, and we do spend this much. I want to explain to the fans kind of uh, what to get out of this and what not to get out of it. All right, so last year, we'll just do the SEC since 99% of our listeners are from the, from this part of the country. Um, it reported in 2022 that Georgia spent $4.5 million on recruiting in the recruiting budget. And you go all the way down to the very bottom, <clears throat> and you see Mississippi State at 633000 But right above that, you see LSU at 742000 I can assure you that LSU spent more than $742,000 in recruiting. So this is how these numbers get messed up, all right? Because I've had to write the checks for a long time and have been a part of some bigger budgets and smaller budgets, is it's where you're pulling that money from. Like you have a quote-unquote recruiting budget, but it's what do you have to pay for out of that recruiting budget. Some schools, such as Georgia, has to pay everything out of their recruiting budget, okay? All right, running a business that I tap into the recruiting budgets, I understand this, all right? But, like, let's say, like, it, when I was at Ole Miss, okay, I think we reported a budget around $750,000. But, our tri- like, there were certain things like plane tickets and things like that, that that came out of separate line items, right? Like, sure. So, what's your, like, salaries did not come out of that. I mean, we, hell, we had, I was thinking about it today, I think we had $700,000 in just salary in our recruiting department. All right, when we started, when I came back the second time, it took a million dollars to get that whole thing set up, all right, with people, with, you know, computer software, you know, recruiting software, and the people made to run it. So it's where you're getting your money from, all right? It's not necessarily – so if you look in the SEC, most SEC teams spend are really close to what they spend, okay, on actual recruiting. The difference is, is probably it's really travel, okay? How are you traveling? That's, that, that's what separates how the coaches are traveling. That's what separates really big budgets from smaller budgets. But what you spend on official visits, what you spend on recruiting services, all in the SEC is very close, all right? So give you an example. <clears throat> I know that, like, Georgia has a Wheels Up account, and so a lot of times their coaches fly on Wheels Up to go recruit. All right, are your f- coaches flying commercial? Are you flying, you know, do you have a uh, – here locally we have what's uh, – What's our uh, the private 
Um, uh, uh, what's it called? Nicholas Air. Nicholas Air. Holy smoke. Same blue that. So when I was at Ole Miss, we had access to the school plane. Okay. So all we, we didn't pay a dime out of the recruiting budget on the school plane. Now, do you think it was free? No. It had to be, you know, there was jet fuel and things like that that came out of other, you know, other people's budget. The pilots got paid out of a duff, an, another budget. <clears throat> right. So right. you, does that make sense? Yeah, of course. So where are you pulling that money from to pay people? So that's why it's different. But really in the conferences, top to bottom, there's not a whole lot of difference. Um, I'll tell you something funny on this. <clears throat> so when I came back to Ole Miss, um, we had $31,000 in unused plane tickets, commercial plane tickets. And so what would happen was, again, you're calling another budget line to get your your commercial flight booked. And if a coach canceled it or, you know, changed plans or whatever over the course of a year, instead of going back, instead of them going back and re-taking that credit and pushing it towards the next flight, they just basically ate it as a refund. And so we, we had like a balance of $31,000 in commercial air flights that we were just, we started picking out of. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like there, there's stuff everywhere when it comes to budget. Um, but <clears throat> That's that's why I'm always a little surprised that people continue to do these stories. They they it's every year, dude. I, I just and it makes news. I don't really understand the the motivation to do the story, knowing that the story's going to produce numbers that are inaccurate. Yeah, like in Georgia, that that number, every salary they have in the recruiting department came out of that number. But when you look at like old Mrs. number, zero of the salaries come out. Right. So I mean, that's a big difference. Sure, of course. So anyway, that's that's that. Just wanted to make sure all the fans knew that. Um, I didn't feel like typing all that stuff out and explaining all that stuff. <clears throat> Walk On Sports Bistro puts everything they've got into bringing you game day with the taste of Louisiana. Dig into their mouth-watering, made-from-scratch Louisiana cuisine like po'boys, gumbo, voodoo, shrimp, plus fan favorites like juicy burgers, fresh salads, all in front of 70-plus TVs, 40-plus ice-cold beers on tap. Let uh, Walk On's uh, handle your uh, online uh, needs as well. Walkons.com or on their convenient Walkons app. If you're in Oxford or Jackson, stop by the Oxford uh, Walkons or the Ridgeland Walkons, and uh, make sure you tell them that you appreciate them sponsoring this show. All right. Before we get, we're going to talk a little bit about the uh, SEC East. Look, we talked about the West last week, but did you see? Uh, uh, I wrote this in because uh, I just remembered to talk about it. Did you see where uh, uh, Hugh suggested? Um, I did to do uh, spring games scrimmages. Yes, we talked about this a little bit yesterday. I think or, or today, one or the other. I, I I get where he's coming from. It's it's not going to happen. <laughs> Let me tell you something. As a as a coach, <laughs> this is me personally. I think it would be phenomenal for fans. Yes. You you may be the only coach that votes <laughs> that votes to do it because. You get end up getting your ass fired after a spring game. <laughs> well, it, it's it's also you know, go play a hey, a hey lane. Go play Southern Miss and get and give up about four hundred yards rushing when you don't have any defensive linemen in the spring. See how that works out yeah. for your fan base. And if 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 I were, tell me if I'm wrong. Okay, and we'll be quick on this because we've done a lot of this this week. I didn't know you talked about if it, it were up to coaches. And I realize some uh, Hughes in year one, and you're doing some stuff. Yeah. But if it were up to coaches, would you have a traditional spring, or would you, if you were given the alternative, would you have three mini camps where no no tackling, 
but where you worked on fundamentals, you got to install, you got to do some stuff where you didn't mess with your off-season program? Because um, spring If messes. you could give it to me, if you could give it to me like in the um, – First of June, when sure. when, when we uh, when you get all the people out of the portal, you know, if yeah. you could give me the roster that I'm rolling into August with, I much would rather do it then. I think big part of the problem now, when you where spring football has lost its luster as in the past, is with the portal, and now you got the second window. I mean, you're you're rolling out there with guys that aren't going to be playing for you in August, of course. And that happens before all the portal happened. That happens sometimes too with yeah, injuries sure. or sure. off season surgeries. I remember one year I had like all I was like my number one in spring was like a guy that was going to go in sixth in the game in August because I had I had like three shoulders. Yeah, of course. A knee cleaned up or whatever, right? And well, I had so all we're, these guys we're, come back. Quinshawn Judkins is not getting twenty five carries against Southern Miss in a in an April no, exhibition. No, and then it would be cool for the fans, but fans would get pissed off. Because you're going well, to be like because the media, there the, two things would happen. One, media would treat it seriously because there's just so many idiots in my field right. who cannot. They're fans. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. They can't, they can't control themselves, and they won't. There's, they're, they're, there's people that are covering spring football breathlessly. I mean, I'm seeing it. I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah. Six stories from every practice. Here's what we learned at practice today. I'm like, oh, come on. Yeah. And then coaches, there would be some coaches who, instead of using the spring for evaluation and training and things of that nature, they would get about a game planning. They'd get serious. Yeah, you would about end up, game. you would, you would end up because you don't, again, as a coach, you don't want to look like a jackass on sure. that day, right? So you're going sure. to spend your last five or six practices getting ready for game getting day. ready for a game day. Mm-hmm. And that kind of takes away from it a little bit, right? Completely. Now, it would be great for fans. Like I said, I, I mean, I'd watch it. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's not like I wouldn't watch it. I'd be all in on that. No, but t- TV would be from in a coaching on it. standpoint. Yeah. I wouldn't like it very no, much. No, it's a. You I, have to be like, uh, like in in Hughes' case. He's like, hey, but if you, if you fire me, I'm off. I'm off to the. I'm off to the races. Well, Hughes said he talked about this when he was at Ole Miss too, and it was just. I mean, I get it. 
I get it. I don't. I, I don't know why more coaches can't say we don't really need fifteen practices. In, Hugh, in Hughes' defense, though, all kidding aside, the way he calls plays and the way his offense works, he doesn't even need it. Like, legitly, doesn't need to practice. He can go on game day and just call it. Like, he wouldn't need. But you understand my point. Yeah, Hugh can call a game and get a team ready with less amount of practice than any human being on the planet. Right. He, he's got a gift I doing just, that. I just don't know why more coaches aren't. I don't, You watch guys limp off the practice field in spring, and you're like, was that really worth it? Is this worth it? Well, you try – yeah, I'm, I get what you're saying. I wouldn't – I rarely, as a coach, and this is me, okay, I rarely put my kids, my good players, in position to get hurt. Sure. My good ones. Sure. You're not, you know, if you're a good dude, you're, I'm, I, and we're banging. Yeah, I'll give you a rep or two, but you're not, you're not, you're not going to the full gamut. All right. Uh, let's talk about the SEC East and questions. I got them in order. I think that they finished last year this time. So um, we'll roll there. Darty said, How much time did, did Hugh prep for TCU? I do want to bring this up, Darty. I was not – I was at Alabama when that game occurred. But my one of my assignments at Alabama that year, because we knew we were, going, we were going to the playoff, all right? It was TCU. And, and we did not know who, we were, who was getting that last spot. We were going to be the one seed. We didn't know who was going to get that last spot. And so I, we had some people breaking down Ohio State. We had some people breaking down uh, Baylor. I had TCU, okay? And so we're doing an advance work on it, right? Dude, let me tell you something. They were really good. I rolled in there. My exact words were, TCU is the best team in the country. In my opinion, the year that we lost to Ohio State, Ohio State won the national championship. Whatever year that was, yeah. TCU was the best football team in America that year. And on that day. And they would have won it if they had gone to the playoff. They were super geeked up. They were pissed off. They were geeked up. They were ready to beat the hell out of somebody. And Ole, Ole Miss was a little banged up, not exactly dialed in. It just it wasn't. A, it I, wasn't I don't gonna, care. I don't care who matter. they would have played. They lost one game that year. They lost to Baylor, like in a, like one of these 59, 56 shootout games. They lose at the very, very end of a game. That's the only game they lost. Yeah, they were good. All right, let's talk a little bit about our Georgia Bulldogs, who finished first last year. All right, uh, biggest news out of Georgia, really, the only thing is who's going to play quarterback. That's everything. They're going to rinse and reload. Uh, Kirby, they have done a phenomenal job recruiting. Uh, quickie client. Um, and it's just a matter of who's going to play quarterback, and they and they've loaded up with young talent there. Um, so it's really a battle between uh, uh, Carson Beck, Vander, uh, Brock Vandergriff, and uh, Gunnar Stockton. Mm-hmm. All three of those guys can play. Um, it seems to be uh, a two way battle between um, Vandergriff, I think Beck, I think Gunnar Stockton. I guess I don't know, but it's going to be interesting. They got three immensely talented young quarterbacks. The best way I can describe it, if we got a bunch of Ole Miss fans that listen, is like having three uh, Walker Howards out there. I mean, they got three young quarterbacks. All three of them can do it, and it's who's going to who's going to be the starter. Um, they've paid their dues. They've sat behind Stetson. They've all been there in the system for a little while. Um, new coordinator, uh, but at the end of the day, dude, I, I think uh, it's rinse and repeat. And and what they do offensively, I don't think you're going to see them check up much. I think you're going to see this is. He's in his Alabama mode now where he just – they leave and he reloads. Oh, sure. I so, mean, look, they're what, one play away from being three titles in five years or whatever. I mean, yep. they're, the, they're the dominant program in the country right now. And when we get to draft stuff here in a little bit, they're going to have a ton of dudes still drafted high. 
um, here in the next couple of weeks. We'll talk about all that. But um, that's really the only question I got is who's going to be the starter, and I don't know if it really matters. All right, let's talk about the rest of the – is there anyone in the East today Yep. that you think has a legitimate shot? I don't mean a chance in hell. I'm talking about a legitimate chance. Besides Georgia? Is to, that what you're to, asking? To upend Georgia and get to SEC championship game. Is there anybody else in the division, Tennessee, South Carolina, Kentucky, Florida, Missouri, Vanderbilt, is there anybody in the rest of the division that has a legitimate chance? All right, so M- – Meaning, let's call legitimate – 20% or more okay. of winning the division. I'll say this. I think the, the popular opinion is going to be, the if you ask the public that, 90% of them would say Tennessee because of what last year's performance was. Ooh, that's not who I would say. But Tennessee is, in because they were next on the list, so real quick on them, on them, Tennessee's got to reload. they got a lot of roster movement to do. Yeah. Okay? This is going to be their worst year since – but it's, they knew it was coming, okay? I know the guys over there in the recruiting department. They've known this year was coming, and they've been trying to. And so they're going to be down a little bit, but they're yeah. still going to be good. I talked to somebody over there who said the <clears throat> one negative to last season going kind of as good as it went before Hooker got hurt was, hey, we're going to take a step back in 23. It's inevitable. It's just kind of the way the roster is. Yep. We're going to take a step back. And it, if, if, we, if we overachieve – in 22, it's going to look like we're falling off a cliff in 23 when that's really not what's happening. It's just kind of a correction that's in there. Right. The portal's going to help, you know, more than you could have done it in the old days. They'll get some relief there. They're going to be good. But here's my team. Oh, this is mine, too. This is what I would have said. South Carolina game? Absolutely. Dude, look, I'm a a Shane Bieber fan. I like everything about the guy. I love how he – I said it last year, and everybody laughed at me because I said they'd be at least one better than they were the year before. Guess what? They were one better than the year before. Got that one right. You got you got your quarterback back. He he did okay last year. He played pretty well at the end. Yeah, he did okay. He didn't he he didn't start well. Didn't start well. He finished pretty good. Finished finished pretty well. Mm-hmm. They're recruiting well. He has recruited well. They've been very good in the portal. And they've been and they are courtesy of Park Avenue, run by somebody I know. They're killing NIL. They're the one NIL people that nobody talks about, and they are doing an unbelievable job in NIL. Yeah. All right? Unbelievable job. Yeah. And they, you're talking about state laws, how we talked about? They have great state laws, and they are using them to their advantage. That is one state and one school that's got everybody else. Texas, you see what Ross – that's South Carolina. What they're doing in NIL has the rest of these states trying to catch up because they have such an advantage, and they're doing a phenomenal job in NIL. Um, with all that being said, he is building that roster, man. And there, and he is a phenomenal ball coach. He teaches football the right way. He's a great motivator, a great human being. I love everything about where they're heading. So mm-hmm. if you made me pick somebody that was South Carolina was who I would pick. What's their flaw this year? Um, inexperience in the big moment. You know, I think they're getting there. Um, they're going to get there. I think. Um, I think they will become, you know, back in the day when like Spurrier kind of had them rolling when they were a 10-win team and they could get to Atlanta every once in a while, he's getting them back to that point. Now, once they get to that point, they got to get over that point, got to get over the hump. So I think they're getting there sooner rather than later. I, I'm, I'm a fan. Let's pull up their schedule real quick. I want to see what they've got. I haven't gotten to this point of the – Yeah, we're just – this is our last uh, SEC talk before we get to the 
real stuff in the season or in July, whenever the hell we do it. Okay. So they uh, they open at home, or maybe this is a neutral site game. I don't know against North Carolina. It's usually in Charlotte. Uh, they get Furman at Georgia. So Miss- you gonna know early. <laughs> Uh, Mississippi State at home, yeah. Um, at Tennessee, Florida at home, um, at Missouri, at Texas A and M, Jacksonville State at home, Vanderbilt at home, Kentucky at home, Clemson at home. So they they play in College Station October the twenty eighth, and then they finish with four straight home games. Where is the Georgia game? Um, in Athens. They got to go to Athens, to Knoxville, to. Uh, Como and two college station. Well, so I think playing Georgia early, if that was in Columbia, that would be one to watch. Um, they still beat, you know, that was one thing. They did upset Georgia a couple of years ago in Athens, but you catching Georgia early on a young quarterback, you know, getting, I mean, huh? You know, and you got your guys, huh? And that's, I'd rather play them early than late. Yeah, I mean, I'd rather play Georgia early, but I, I, yeah, I'm with you. I'm just yeah. saying. Yeah. All um, right. What about Kentucky? Kentucky losing uh, Will Levis. They, uh, they bring their offensive coordinator, who was there a couple years ago, left to go to the Rams. He's back. Liam Cohen. So, uh, yeah. A lot of transfers. Kentucky very active in the portal. I, I think they're going to be better than they were last year. I like what I think one of their liabilities last year was offensive uh, production, and they got their old coordinator back that they had in 21 with Will Levis, who did a great job. Um, but Liam Cohen's back. Uh, they got Devin Leary, the transfer quarterback from North Carolina State, going to be their quarterback. And he was a highly sought after, you know, quarterback out yeah, the portal. Everybody wants He's him. a dude. Um, when you got a dude and you got a good OC, uh, I mean, and I love the culture there. I love what they do culture wise. Uh, I think they'll be, um, they're going to be up there. They'll be in the top half of the league. They get a chance to get off to a really good start. They open with Ball State, okay. Eastern Kentucky, dub, and dub. Akron. So, dub, dub, dub. Yeah, just nobodies. They go to Vanderbilt. Dub. They get Florida at home. Okay. Then they go to uh, to Georgia, come back home for uh, Missouri and Tennessee. They go to Mississippi State. They get Alabama at their place. Yuck. Uh, at South Carolina, the end for them is rough. At South Carolina, at Louisville on uh, November 25th. They're an eight, 8 nine win team, I think. Yeah, but just doing a first glance for me, I'd go uh, one, two, three, four, five, six. They'll beat Louisville. Seven. I got them seven and five, just first glance. Okay. Um, Florida. Going to be a big year for Billy um, in Florida. I think he's got uh, the weight. You know, I think the Florida fans are as as evident of the past or impatient. But he's got two things going for him. One is he is a phenomenal roster builder. He's done it. I mean, he's done it everywhere he's been. Um and people don't talk about this enough, but Graham Mertz is the quarterback transfer from Wisconsin. Yeah. Graham Mertz had a phenomenal freshman year. Phenomenal. It kind of went backwards a little bit last couple of years at Wisconsin. He transfers down to Florida, fits really fits what Billy likes to do quarterback-wise. I look for him to have a good year. Um, they'll be better than what they were last year. Now, are they going to be at the top of the league? No, but they're going to be better. I think I, – I believe in Billy. I like what he's doing, so – um, I know they got a tough schedule. Like yeah, they, they got the year. return trip to Utah. McNeese, they play at they play Tennessee at home, Charlotte at home, at Kentucky, Vanderbilt at home, at South Carolina, Georgia, Jacksonville. 
Uh, they get Arkansas at home, at LSU, at Missouri, and then Florida State's in game. Yes, yeah, a brutal schedule. That's a tough schedule. Brutal schedule. Um, but I, I do. I believe in what they're doing. I, I think, you know, Florida fans just need to take a deep breath and let them get there. Um, Missouri, you know, look, I'll say this. I kind of I, – I never give Missouri enough credit. Missouri was really close to being a lot better last year than they were. And I realize that you can do the close thing with a lot of teams. Right. I get it. I, I, I fully get it. But he gets a level of criticism, Drinkwitz, mm-hmm. that I'm not sure is completely deserved. It's a tough job. Pinkle tough did well job. there for a couple of years. Um, you know, Odom did not do particularly well there. He, he's done okay. I mean, they they were not a bad football team last year. I mean, they they should have beaten Auburn. Um, it was the other game that they lost. That was a weird loss. They almost got Georgia. They, they had a, had a real shot at Georgia. Um, I can't remember the weird one, but I know what, I remember yeah. vaguely. Anyway, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, you're good. I I think the big question here here is who's going to be the quarterback. So they got uh, you know Brady Cook, who finished the year for them last year. Uh, that did a really good job. They got the transfer in, Jeff Garcia from Miami, who's a good player. Um, he came in, and then they got a the freshman sensation that they recruited. It was a you know top 200 player or whatever, uh, Sam Horn. Um, and so who's going to be the quarterback there is probably going to determine how far they go. But, like, that's been the whole th- kind of hiccup with them a little bit is I think they've had the pieces around to be successful. Just they have to get consistent quarterback play. If they get a good quarterback play, I mean, they could – there's room there. I think you have, and we'll talk, Vandy's Vandy. I think they'll be a little bit better, but whatever. But I think you have Georgia, and I think you have Vandy at the bottom. And I, I think there's enough. I think the rest, you know, Tennessee, South Carolina, Kentucky, Florida, Missouri, I mean, any of those two teams could finish second. You know what I mean? I think there's enough. They have enough ass to kick ass. I think there's enough there to where, you know, get a transfer here and there and have a couple breaks, and, you know, you may end up second. Missouri's schedule's tough. They 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 open with South Dakota. Middle Tennessee after that. They get Kansas State at home. They lost the game a year ago. Uh, At Memphis, who the hell scheduled that or why? Um, At Vanderbilt. I'm a little higher on Vanderbilt than you are. I'm just going to tell you that. Um, No, I'm not low on them. Yeah. Uh, LSU's at home. At Kentucky. South Carolina's at home. At Georgia. Tennessee's at home. Florida at home. At Arkansas. I think it could go south in a heartbeat. Yeah. It can. I just, you just don't. It's too early to know. But I, I, they're not many pieces away. So, and they're doing a great job recruiting. Um, I, I, I'm kind of excited to see what they do this year. All right, let's move on uh, a little NFL before we get out of here today. First, I want to tell you we're brought to you by Comer Heating and Air, Southern Air Conditioning and Heating. Different names, uh, same great product, same great people, same uh, services. Going to get kind of chilly this weekend. It's going to be easy to sort of forget that the hot weather is right around the corner. We got a little taste of it last week. Uh, more is coming. I'm I'm willing to bet. Uh, make sure that your AC is in great shape. Get in touch with the people at Comer if you live in Oxford, Batesville, Tupelo, that area. Six six two eight zero one one seven seven seven. If you live in Memphis, Hernando, Olive Branch, those areas, get in touch with the people at Southern. Six six two four two nine forty four twenty nine. All right, a little bit of NFL talk. Um, I didn't realize this till yesterday. Um, John Elway not coming back Mm-mm. to the Denver Broncos. Contract expired. They let it. Let it they let it roll. Surprised? No. Um, new owners, new coach. It's a 
it's a what it's a what have you done for me lately league. Um, he had success with himself. He had success with Peyton Manning, and the Russell Wilson thing's been a disaster. The last coach hire was a disaster. Hackett. So no, not surprised. Just goes back to what I always say is like, I hate it for him personally, because now all the success that he's had in that organization, I guess maybe he's reached enough to where he's just like, screw it. But man, it messes up what you're thinking. The other weird game was Kentucky for Missouri. They had Kentucky beat, yes, and they had that, the punter interference play. Yes, <laughs> that, that that was the one. That was, I mean, those yeah, those are wild. two games that you win ninety nine times out of a hundred. Correct. Yeah. All right. But it goes back to, like, we talked about you don't ever want to go coach for the place that you love or being a fan of. But yep. John Elway, dude, one Super Bowl's been – I mean, he's Bronco. I mean, think about how Mr. much – Mr. Bronco. Den- I mean, the Denver Broncos have meant to his life. Well, I, mean, I think if you say Denver Broncos to someone our age, the first name that comes to mind is John Elway. Yeah. I mean, it's just – and now he's probably going to have a sour taste in his mouth about the place. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that just sucks, man. I, sure. I, I, I mean, just, there's I'm, nothing about I, it. I always like. go back to Mike Shula. Mike Shula, yeah. I mean, Mike Shula was very popular as a player at Alabama. Top five of our generation. Was the guy that directed the, you know, the drive that led to the Van Tiffen kick. One of the most famous kicks. And I was an Auburn fan at the time. But you remember it. 53 yards. Yeah. And you know, and then he coaches, he coaches, and it's a disaster. And I don't think he's ever gone back. No, it's bad. It's tough. It's tough. Tough. But you know, I mean, Elway knew that when he got into it. That you know, I there's, mean, there's usually coaches are hired, executives are hired to be fired. Yeah, just mm. it's like at least John Lynch did it right. You know, he went to the freaking 49ers. He didn't do it for the Buccaneers. You know what I mean? Oh, sure. I mean, I don't know. Anyway, um, that just surprised me. Jalen Carter, um, news update on him. He's only visiting the top ten picks. He's not going to get out of the top ten. I don't think he's getting out of top five, but the most interesting people are projecting him to go to your Bears. May get him at, at – Bears look like gurus at nine. at nine. Yeah. Ooh, that'd be a win. But he wouldn't get past the Eagles at 10. That's the whole point because – I don't think he'd get past the Bears at nine, although the Bears apparently are completely enamored with the Northwestern offensive lineman. He's good. We'll talk about the drafts later on. But, yeah, he's uh, he's literally um, – I'd be shocked. I mean, at the end of the day, um, you know, somebody trades up, that's one thing. I think what you're going to look for, the next big move we're going to see before the draft, somebody's going to trade up to three. Somebody is going to trade up to three and take a quarterback. That's my prediction. Yeah, I won't be surprised if at the end of the day it's the three quarterbacks at the very top of the You may draft, have four. Maybe four. You may depending go one, on, two, three, four. Depending on how people feel about Levis. I feel pretty good if I was in five right now. So, but God, the, can you imagine you're the fifth pick of the draft and you're like, Will Anderson. Will Anderson. <laughs> hey, buddy, come on down. But – you know, Jalen Carter had the re the besides the fact that what's going on with his uh legal stuff, you know, he had his pro day. He was nine pounds heavier than he was. Wasn't at, in great shape. Wasn't in great shape. Yeah. Didn't finish it. He just did position drills, didn't finish them. Um it probably sent up a few flags, right? I mean, not not I don't mean yes like the, no. not the big wave, the surrender flag. It's but, gonna send up flags to somebody, right? Sure. I mean, they're gonna find flags. I mean, it would blow your mind some of the flags they find. But I don't know, man. I just the guys, 
arguably the best player in the draft. Arguably. I mean, Will Anderson, you'd argue, and him were the two best players in the draft, and we're talking about taking one at five and one maybe at ten. It's just we overthink things sometimes, but it is what it is. All when, right. When's the draft? 22 days? Three weeks from today. For the next 21 days, I need people like my my guy A Daniel Cotto here. He says that Trubiscuit pick set the barrier. We gotta be we gotta we gotta stop talking about Trubisky. We gotta let it's time to let it go. Yeah, he's actually been it 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 it, it triggers people. Yeah, there's a Bears fan in my house that is that the whole Trubisky thing gets him. So if I bought him a Bears Trubisky jersey, he wouldn't like me. No, no, <laughs> He'd don't, burn don't, it. don't do it. <laughs> Carson, Merry Christmas. <laughs> I thought one day before I realized that he would not take it well. I thought about getting him a Bears Mahomes jersey. Really? Because that's who they passed on. Oh man, that would yeah. You're you're, you're just asking for <laughs> your son not going to talk to you. Um. All right. As we know what today is, I know you're going to contribute a lot to this conversation here. Today is the start of the greatest weekend <sighs> on planet Earth, the Masters. Dude, I, hey man, I turned on the, I turned on the Masters. Uh, I will give them credit. I want to give them really legit credit. What they do on their website and what they do on their app, their app is the most amazing sports app ever. Like PGA Tour, will you just pay attention to what? I mean, the the sport would be so much better if they would just hey, look, we PGA Tour's got this little app. Let's look at the Masters app. Like this is legit cool. Any golfer, you can go on the Masters app. It doesn't matter if he's the shittiest golfer ever. You click on their name, and you can literally watch, like, shot after shot after shot of every shot they've taken that day. Like, if you're, especially in the world we're in now, like, take notice. You know, maybe it's not that they have enough cameras or something. Well, go buy them. I mean, whatever it takes. But the, the amount, the work that they do on that is just amazing. But let's start this thing out. Right now, as we speak... Victor Hovland throws in a 65, seven under. Uh, he will be dangerous going into the weekend. Um, John Rahm, it being he's obviously the most, the hottest golfer on the planet right now. Uh, Scotty Scheffler is number one, but John Rahm has played out of his mind for a while now. Um, he four putts the first hole with a double bogey, finishes with a 65. I mean, that's dangerous. Really? Yeah. He wow. four putted the first green. He was double bogey the first hole, and he went birdie, birdie, par, 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 birdie, birdie. Finished with a uh, uh, two under on the front and then uh, five under on the back. Oh, wow. I mean, he's he's hot. So, okay. J- John Rahm. Uh, Cam Young is at five under. Cam is uh, – he'll fall apart. His short game's terrible. Uh, but you got the – the my man who I picked, I got Xander Shoffley. Um, he finished four under, and um, he played well today. Uh, you got – but it's a who's who of the leaderboard, right? So you got uh, Hovland, Rom, Cam Young, Sam Burns, who's a young golfer that's really good, Lowry, Shoffley, Adam Scott, Brooks Kepka, four under through 14. The live golfer coming in hot. He's healthy. Um, and then uh, Bennett, Sam Bennett's an amateur. All right. This guy is fun to watch. Okay. He played, he's a Texas AM golfer, college golfer. Hits it a country mile. I'm talking about like drove it 360 or something on first tee. And he's on, dude is four under through eight. Oh. Like he's tied for fifth 
Oh, plays for Texas A&M. How about that? Yeah, he and they showed his story on one of the because you know I'm into it. Um, his dad passed, and uh, he's got a tattoo. His last note, his dad was in the hospital and wrote a scribble note, and he got it tattooed like on his arm, and it says, you know, uh, don't wait to do something. Pops and dated it, and he's got that tattoo. It was a really good story. Damn near bring tears to your eyes. Sure, it was, it was really good. Uh, Phil is Phil Mickelson's two under, so it's going to be a really good weekend. Um, if you're a golf fan like Neil is, then we got to scroll down to my my guy Tiger. What'd you say Mickelson is two under? Okay, cool. So, um, Tiger finished at two over. Okay, he bogeyed eighteen. He he had, had a little birdie run there. Tiger hit his. It's not his physical health. His just game wasn't very. It's amazing that he was two under. I mean, two over. He didn't. His speed on the greens were terrible, which is bad there. His irons were bad. So um, he's going to probably struggle as we head into the weekend. Weather is coming. Okay. It's going to be a probably going to get there tomorrow night, tomorrow afternoon sometime. Rain all day Saturday. I wouldn't even be surprised if they didn't even play Saturday. Uh, they're expecting over an inch of rain, but it is a gust. So what would they do? Would they play Monday? If they would finish it on, they're going to finish it. It's just going to be maybe a Monday finish. Uh, Sunday is clearing up. There's going to be a lot of golf on Easter Sunday. So be, be ready for that. But I'd imagine. Uh, Saturday is going to get delayed at some point in time. I, I can't see them playing through that. Maybe they will. Um, but here's the here's the deal with the weather, right? Is when the weather comes in, it's going to soften this course up. So when you look at people like Victor Hovland, Shoffley, um, Justin Thomas, Jason Day, there's going to be Colin Morikawa. These guys that are really good in their iron game and approach game, they're going to be able to stick this thing right next to the pin. They're not going to have to putt because they're not going to have to putt far. So, like, Tiger tries to matriculate his way around the course, right? He's going to put it in the middle of the green and try to output you. Those guys will, will fall down the leaderboard. But the guys that can – Tony Finau, guys that can, can stroke their irons, when it, this course softens up over the weekend, they're going to start shooting up the leaderboard. So, it's going to be very interesting to what happens. This weather is totally changing the tournament when it comes in. It's just a matter of can you get in position enough to compete on the weekend. So, um GJ says, uh, G says, what percentage of people watching the Masters care about live, do you think? Look, I'm a big golf fan, as you know. I have not watched one live event. Now, I, I like Brooks Kepka, but I, I, don't, I don't watch live. Um, I think it's kind of – I don't like the format. So, I, that's why I don't watch it. Um, but uh, my fantasy league is, is setting up to have a, have a good run here. I have uh, – Everybody under par, but one guy, Corey Connors, is actually even par through nine. So, if I can get everybody under par, you know, going into the weekend, everybody make the cut. I'm excited about my uh, my fantasy prowess uh, going forward. I have Victor Hovland in a lineup, and then the uh, last thing, it's, if you're a fantasy player, <laughs> will I'm never ever playing Zalatoris ever again. Will Zalatoris is dead to me when it comes to fantasy. It's the second time I've played him. Second in the last six months mm -hmm. that he has withdrawn before it even started. So you don't even know, you know, you don't even have time. You can't change your lineup. So you just lose your money. You're done for the weekend. Doesn't matter what the other five golfers do. You're getting zero points. Dude shows up and says, I can't go. Like he's practicing all week. Everything looks good. He plays well here. The whole deal. Good golfer. Yeah. Soft. I'm sorry that happened. To yeah. You. It pisses you off, man. Pisses you off. <laughs> Um, last thing, and we'll get out of here because I know you're just master. Were you watching it all? Probably not. Even on Sunday. I mean, on Sunday. Back now on Sunday, will you watch? 
if 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 there's nothing else going on, it's the Masters Sunday back now. There, you'll be the only male not watching. I, I have no problem with that. Um, if I have nothing else going on, if the weather's nice, I'm outside. The Cubs are finished. I mean, I, the odds are overwhelming that I will not. I mean, my wife, who hates sports, will watch the back nine of Sunday in Augusta. It's the mo- It's the best. The back nine, when the leaders tee off on 10 till they get through 18, is the best two hours of sports TV all year long. It's about as compelling to me as if you turned on a rugby game in Ireland and said, hey, these two teams are really, really good. I'd be like, I don't know what I'm watching. I mean, I, I don't care. Well, you'll know. You'll know. You you recognize how many of those names did you recognize? I mean, Phil a handful. You, you, but I don't know. There. I don't. What I don't, if you had Phil and Tiger going down the back nine? Yeah, I bet watch that. They'd have to be older guys that you would recognize. It just would have to be somebody that I I'm interested in, right? I mean, I I there'd have to be something that the college kid if he's in it, I'm, I'm I'd be cheering for him. Um, something t- t- Tiger. It's got to be something. But if it's just like some dudes that you just named like Xander Shoffley and yeah, good. some other guy. I'm like, eh, I don't care. Do I, do I care whether Xander Shoffley wins the masters or not? I do not. Well, this week I do. <laughs> so I just don't. It's just not, I, I wish, I wish it were, I wish, I wish I had played more golf. I told you this, but I didn't. And, 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 and I just, it, it's not a part of, I'm not interested in it. No. Hey, particularly, do you know what we missed in all of our, um, gender discussions this morning or before we started what's that that you had now identify as a line Rawr. i didn't get my <laughs> roar today Rawr. Rawr. <laughs> all right last thing uh for all of our good sports fans and good listeners that neil's another another sporting event that neil will not watch this weekend ufc two uh ufc 287 is this weekend you had the rematch between Pereira and adesanya okay that's the that's the main event right adesanya was um we actually talked about him. This I'm going to refresh your memory here, okay? Because okay? I know I got to refresh it. So we they fought in a previous pay per view about three or four months ago, whenever it was. And Adesanya has been kicking everybody's ass, but when he was a kickboxer before he started UFC, he had been beaten by this guy twice. Well, they had the the title match and he lost to him again, so it's the third time. So he's going to um, they're having their re, their their title rematch uh, this weekend. And it's in Miami, so it's actually out of Vegas, so it's in Miami. And then the uh, other one's Gilbert Burns versus uh, Masvidal. And Masvidal is like a journeyman. He's a He sells pay-per-views, man. He's one of the most beloved guys in UFC, uh, Mr. Miami. So he's in the co-main event. And then uh, for our UFC junkies, this is something you would actually enjoy, but he's actually on the main card, so now you won't watch him. But uh, Raul Rosas um, is a like 19- or 20-year-old kid. Okay. He's like the youngest or was the youngest because somebody has beaten the last six months. Uh, UFC contract fighter, and they are pushing him. And they are pushing him through the through the um, promotion. And he's gone from being on the you know contender series to um, getting on a fight night to undercard. Now he's on the main card. But he is just crushing going through. He will kick your ass in a heartbeat. The kid's like 19, 20 years old. And he will choke your ass out faster than you. I mean, he's on your ass. Who's, so, so who's this Rodriguez cat? That's just so he's just he's eight and one prospect, but he's good. Um, but he's eight and one. Rojas is I think seven and zero. Oh, but he's they're the first card on the uh, pay per view. Um, but I think it's going to be. Uh, I'm excited to watch it. Um, 
except, you know, me and my son will watch all the fights. We'll be up late Saturday night. So we got the Masters. Look, how about this, dude? You got Saturday at Augusta mm-hmm. pending the rain. Then you could go right into UFC. It could be a great Saturday. <laughs> so, it could be a great Saturday. Sounds it. No base, no, no seven year old baseball this weekend. That is good. That is great. That is good. So we have, I don't have any icks to bring back to you. No NASCAR week. this week? Yeah, we got NASCAR. Oh, I'm glad you said that. <laughs> I'm so glad you said that. All right. Neil, I actually have a NASCAR race this weekend that I would like for you to tune into because I think you would enjoy it. Okay. Where is it? All right. We're in Bristol, Tennessee. Bristol, Tennessee. The short, short track. track. Uh-huh. But here's the, here's the kicker. They've done this. This is the third year they've done it. They make it into a dirt track. They bring in just trucks. It's a dirt race with NASCARs. And so, dude, they're freaking crashing. So it's like watching Bo and Luke Duke. Yeah, <laughs> it really is. <laughs> Dust fight. It's it's legit. Freaking. I used fun. to actually like watching them on that short track. All right, but so usually they're on. You know, it's paved, right? Sure. But they're still wrecks. Well, dude, it's when you get dirt involved, like it's it's massive chaos. You're starting whatever they got now. Thirty eight cars, as <laughs> close together on dirt. And they're slipping and sliding all over. It's actually a lot of fun to watch. It will be a good race for you to watch and get in. This is one that you will enjoy. This is my, besides the. Of Daytona. the three things you just mentioned to me, that is the one that I'm like, I might watch some of that. You would watch NASCAR before the Masters. On dirt? Yeah. What, what, yeah. yeah. I, oh, I, it's fun. Legit. Be, uh, yeah. Again, I, I mean, I know this is sacrilegious and people get very defensive of golf and I, I, I get it. I just it, I just don't get into it much. It's good. I'm gonna get you into it. That's gonna be my mission for the off season. I got a plan. I don't play. I got a plan. I don't play. I have a plan that I'm gonna that I think you'll enjoy. We'll discuss it off the air. I have a plan, not only to get you to play. I'm I'm done with the charity events. Nope, no charity event. Yep, I'm not I'm, doing. It. I saw I, that. I'm not doing that. I did it. Not doing it. It was. I have an idea. It was cold. I'm going windy, to, and I shot like 198. I have an idea, because you know my brain is just all over the place. I have an idea that's going to get you not only liking golf that to the point to where you know what I think I'm ready to go back to a course and play, and we won't we won't do you the the Oxford Country Club because that's like that impossible. course is hard. Dude, <laughs> I'll get, I don't know if I've told you this or not. If I have, forgive me. So we would go play. Well, that's where we would go play golf when I coached here, right? Dude, yeah, we didn't get to play golf much. Now, in the offseason, we had days that, you know, Matt, when he was here, he let us go or whatever, right? So you're excited when you get to go play golf? If I pulled up to the Oxford Country Club and it said pin placement number three, it tells you where it's on the green, I turned around and got back in the car and left. I did not play. I get so pissed off. If it was in pin placement number three, my ass got in the car and went home. I did not play. I did not care what it was. If it said pin placement number three, my ass got in the car and left and went home. That's how hard pin placement number three is out there. I don't know what the pins were placed the day I was out there, but, man, it was well, it was brutal. This is how you know it's in pin placement number three. On the number one holes of par five, if it's in pin placement three, it's over there on the front left. It's not a par five anymore. It's a par six. You can't. It's an impossible. Like it's they put. It's like they get out there and get evil on you. You can't pin placement number three up there is them pissed off and they just want to make you quit playing golf. That's what it is. Yeah. Like I I didn't play when it was on pin placement three. I just shot the deuce. So what do you score? You score. <laughs> Snide said if it's in pin placement three, I'm driving to Mallard, Mallard Point. 
changing golf courses. Yeah, see, golf people get very defensive of golf. They, it's it's a it's a it's a phenomenon that I've noticed. I am defensive of golf. Yeah. And I don't even play as like I have beyond. I let me tell you, the last time I played, I played with Chase. Like I don't remember when it was. I mean, Chase can probably maybe remember. I don't remember. I played with Chase. This has been months ago. Yeah, I haven't played since. Would you shoot upper seventies? That day was the first time I played in a year. Um, I didn't play great. I think I got it dialed in. Like I'll I'll struggle through nine and then I'll get together and back nine. I usually no, I didn't shoot in the seventies that day for sure. Um, again, I can go out and that was at the country club. I mean, at the uh, university course when you can go out there and just bang it. I hit it a long way, so I can just bang it and go find it. Like you you always have a second shot. Like if you go to the, you go to the country club and you don't hit in the fairway. Good luck to you, boss. I'm aware. <laughs> and there's some, like, you can get on two at the country club out here, and it's a blind tee shot. Like, because I hit it over the hill. Well, dude, I think I've crushed one. I'm all fired up, man. I walk down there, my shit's out of bounds. I mean, like, dude, you, <laughs> you, you're you done. And, like, oh, number, that's like the first four holes. That's why I saw your scorecard. I was looking at the first four holes at Oxford Country Club are the hardest opening four holes in the history of golf that I played. I haven't played Augusta and all that stuff. Yeah, it was it was just. I mean, you're every tee shot out there. You're just you're so dependent on every shot because you can go every shot. You can just blow up your hole in two seconds. Mm-hmm. Now, once you get past once you get past four, it eases up, and then there's a par three on the back that's hell. It's like eleven. It's a long part. On that four. day, I played okay with irons and I actually putt okay. I mean, all jokes aside, I'm I'm not a terrible putter. I just, I, I just I'm not good. I'm not good at the the short game or the long. I'm just not good at it. It's it's not, I and, and I have no acumen for it. And I, honestly, I don't. I mean, I'm telling you now, I don't want to do it. I have a plan. I don't. I'm telling you today, up front, I don't want to do it. I don't want to play. I I promised myself. <laughs> I have a plan. I promised myself on the 14th hole that I'm never doing this again. And I have never subsequently picked up a club. Did you quit on 14? No, I finished. But I okay. told myself that day, I said, this 14. is it. We're never doing I'm trying to think what hole it is. I said, we're never doing this again. This is it. I don't care if I never play putt-putt again. I'm never doing this again. And I won't. I will never play. I will never pick up a golf club. 14 is a par five? I don't remember. I just remember just hitting like seven shots in a row to make the ball go 100 yards. And I'm like, I'm not doing this Oh, again. you're definite? I'm 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 done. Shot one shot, man. We've got to get you that one shot. Um, <laughs> Snide said we used to play. Every beer was minus one stroke. Like, dude, you'd need a you'd need a case out there at the country club. It, it's legit. Like, um, I am easily. This is no joke. I'm easily ten to twelve shots worse at the country club than I am at the university course. If I'm, I could go back to back day. It doesn't matter. It's, yeah, it's so literally. Just, so I'd go from one forty to one twenty eight. I mean, I, that's that's no fun. So I mean, I'm for I'm, I'm I'm I love people that love golf and have fun doing it. Good for you. Congratulations. I mean that sincerely. I'm a live and let live guy. I mean, if 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 <laughs> if, if if playing darts makes you happy and you want to go play darts all day, go for it, man. I mean, it's a short life. Do it. Do it makes you happy, but it, it's just not my thing. I got a plan. Well, you need to play. Will you hear? Will you let? Will you hear out my plan? Probably not. <laughs> I don't. I mean, I don't want to go play. I've, I've, I've put it. I, I, it's ridiculous. No. Got a plan. 
All right, I'm brought good. to you by our friends at uh, Rain Total Body Fuel. Rain Total Body Fuel, 300 milligrams of natural caffeine, BCAAs, electrolytes, zero sugar. It's got what you need to push the limits and achieve your goals. Check them out on Instagram at Rain Body Fuel to learn more. We'll be back on Monday um, with another edition of the show. I think we've got a guest coming up at some point next yep. week, so we're working on some stuff. Um, anyway, for uh, Tyler, I'm Neil. Thanks for being with us. Take care. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.